Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Are we go? Are we go? Well, you want to know what? Are we go for lunch? Have we been been going? Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode 10, redlining, whatever the fuck that means, and food deserts. Oh. Not food desserts, which is what I was thinking when I picked our drink for this week. But anyway, it's food deserts. You know how I learned the difference between desert and dessert? (gasps) Is that, I, I do know, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, my elementary school teacher told me that a dessert is something you'd like twice. Yeah, you want seconds. Yeah, yeah. So that's why there's two, two S's. Yeah, it's very oh. clever. Oh, elementary school shit. teachers that used to be able to teach. Yeah, that's sad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Already <Okay>. getting dark. <laughs> yeah, we're breathing. We're breathing real oh, hard right. into these mics Sorry, too. Ladies. This is like chocolate rain. You gotta you gotta move away from the mic to breathe. Kate's not gonna get that reference, are you? No. Chocolate rain. Oh God. No, it's a it's an internet thing. Okay. It's nope. a thing on the internet. Okay. Twitter. Yeah. Kate got locked out of Twitter. She doesn't know. Twice. <laughs> Twice. And Kate like, got locked out of Twitter after following her first three people. <laughs> like she followed Elizabeth Warren. That was and it. this administration went FBI. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have this. That must have been. Oh, and I was trying to follow Hillary. That's exactly what it was. That must have been what it was. Oh, yeah. shit. For sure. For sure. Somewhere. Oh, my God. Guys, we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh. I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. <laughs> I'm Kate. Very cool. Um, I, I've already been drinking a lot. So same. I drank before you got here. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was right. drinking a beer when you walked in. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I, I got forgot. home and I was like, crap. You're like, immediately. I mean, it's this kind you. of day yeah. is happening. Yeah. Um, I have not been already drinking. So. Yeah. No, Kate's a good girl. Um, well, I had, yeah, uh, well, I got here late anyway, so yes. that's totally fine. True. Kate? Late? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Um, so, ladies, do you want to talk about this week's question? Yes. Yes, I okay. didn't prompt you for that. That's and okay. you just went and you did it there all on your some, own. I didn't want there to be dead air, you know. Um, so... It's been a while. I feel like I feel like we're out of practice. We mm. are because we missed an episode because we're pieces of shit. Mm. Sorry, no, fan. I think it was yeah, fan. Our one fan. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Think, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So what's our question? Okay. So um, the question for this week is: Do you have anything that you cook um, regularly, or maybe only, you've only done it once, uh, that is actually super easy to cook and it feels like it should be way harder than it is and maybe people think that it's probably more oh. fancy than it actually is and you're like you keep that a little bit of a secret now we're going to le- reveal all of our secrets here um that's but that's a great question yeah that's a good question something that's maybe what's yours kate okay yeah, so um i think we've <laughs> you go first. we may have talked about this before um so dan my husband giant big hearts 
key lime pie. It's like his most favorite mm-hmm. thing on the mm-hmm. face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found this recipe for key lime pie. We were actually in the the keys we are in key west and um they have you know touristy bottles of key lime juice that you can buy so i had bought some thinking i would just be using it for like smoothies or whatever and there's a recipe on the back of it and it is literally the easiest thing on the face of the planet and if you have listened to past episodes of the drunk dish um you'll know that i'm not a baker i am not a baker this is a baking thing but it's like because it's like a custard isn't it yeah yeah it's kind of I just always thought it was a lot of whipping of eggs and sort of preparing things and, sure. you know, mm-hmm. like probably a meringue or a, this is not, this is just basically like sweetened condensed milk, I think is the answer to every, every planetary mm. question. Like, it just, yeah, just answers, answers everything. So it's super, super easy and but it's everyone thinks it's great so i'm like nice there you go i don't think i have anything i mean we talked about on a previous episode how when i made angel cake it was super fucking easy and people always seem to think that it's hard yeah yeah, but it's not um i mean this is a weird one so i so i always make my own lunches i try and be like pretty healthy like i eat pretty pretty well um and everybody at work is always so like impressed by like my lunches but it's literally like just fucking some quinoa and like some other fucking shit that i threw in a tupperware container like this week i had these like barbecue quinoa bowls that i made so it was just quinoa (laughs) with corn um black beans we had had some leftover peppers and onions from having sausage peppers and onions so i threw those in there um and then barbecue sauce which mm. I know, okay, you're not a fan it's of. Fine, it's fine. Um, I won't judge you. And Mark. it's fucking delicious. Oh, and chicken. Chicken, it had um, thigh meat and white meat in it. And people at work are like, oh, what is it? You made that? And I'm like, I opened a fucking ca- a couple cans and cooked quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, quinoa, I think, is um, intimidating for some people. I don't know you why. You got to get the pre-washed. Yeah, you got to get and, the pre-washed. And, and I feel like, like anything that's like of that, like like a rice type, substance it isn't just like straight pasta yeah like people get scared white you people i should say white people white <laughs> people get say, scared you literally bring it to a boil and you just fucking shut Turn the it heat off, off yeah. cover it and leave it don't yeah. touch it yeah you leave it for like 15 20 minutes it's done you don't need a fucking rice cooker yeah just put it in a goddamn pot yep yep throw some salt in that shit and you're good to go yeah, yeah. I, or adobo adobo is oh, really good so yeah, adobo delicious. the seasoning not adobo the chipotle because okay. i made Too that much. mistake one time because i make these things called baja burrito bowls thank okay. you tone it up nutrition plan which is another one that people are like oh my god what is this and a couple people at my work have actually started making them same exact premise quinoa black beans corn but then i put in pico de gallo lime and avocado that sounds amazing and mix it all up and it's so 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 so, so, so good and i completely forgot what i was saying <laughs> uh, really gonna, so you i got you it i got really a ex- can with oh the, right yeah, so yeah, yeah. i had asked greg my husband to make me because he's always like if i don't get to make lunches for the week he's like i can make them like it's fine just tell me and i'll make them on monday like you won't have lunch for monday but like i'll make them for the rest of the week or whatever so i asked him to make me some quinoa and i said put some adobo in it because when i make the burrito bowls i put adobo seasoning in it Mm -hmm. which is like you know garlic onion Mm -hmm. salt all that stuff um but we also had a can of adobo chipotle in the cabinet so he like took the like juice from that 
so I got home and he's like, I made your quinoa. It's in the fridge. And I took it out and it was like bright red. And I was like, <laughs> what? Um, what happened? And he was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, why is it red? And he's like, I put adobo in it. And I was like, oh. and it actually was really good. It was just too spicy for me to do. I'm surprised it didn't all the time. do weird things to the texture. Like it didn't overly. No, hmm. no, it was fine. But yeah, too spicy. Yeah, but that's hmm. another one. Like um, a couple of people at my work have actually started making those for like their lunch, and they bring them. And they're like, "How did I do?" And like one of my work people, who's the one that um, wanted to cook food for your husband, mm. and you said you would kill her, stab her in the uh, face. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. She made it, and then she like made me try it. <laughs> she was like, "Is it as good as yours? Like, how is it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it's fucking Baja Burrito Bowl. I don't know. Delicious. Yeah, it's like good. Them. You just put all the stuff in, and it's not." I mean, that sounds, that and that sounds one, delicious. that one doesn't even have chicken in it. Oh. I mean, she put chicken in hers, but mine doesn't have chicken in it. Mm. But yeah, mm. that's, I don't really have anything else that is like, I guess when I make cupcakes, sometimes people think that they're, they're really fancy and it's yeah. not. Really good. They're yeah. legendary. But it's, it's just, true. they're just cupcakes. So yeah. you just make them like, cupcakes. I keep hitting my phone with my nails <laughs> and you can fucking hear it. Um, they're just cupcakes. Chill. Yeah. They're they're delicious and they're always it's always exciting. So it's like, ooh, which ones? Which ones is are they going to be? Fun flavor company. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. thing. It's um, vegan it's, cupcakes take over the world. If you want to know the the cookbook oh. that I get all of my cupcake okay. recipes from. Oh, that reminds me, I posted a picture to our Instagram mm-hmm. about a uh, vegan cookbook. Oh, um, I did. See- Penned by an amazing uh, Minnesota-based drag queen called Mistress Ginger, and I uh, that that was part of your Christmas gift. I fucking have had it for months. <laughs> it's August. It's mid-August, Melissa. We I'm see sorry. each other at least every other week. I know. I'm horrible. I had put it in my suitcase when I came out before I moved back home, and then it's been in my suitcase. Good to know. So <laughs> next week. I was jealous of it when I saw it, so, yeah. you know. I have one. It's inscribed to you. Oh, ginger! Yes. <gasps> you should have left ginger. that as a surprise. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just forget. It's just it's just fucking edit eight, that part out. We'll pretend like it's never happened. Christmas. <laughs> I'm a horrible friend oh already, God. guys. I'm already sweating in my knee pit so bad. Oh, <laughs> it's so hot in here. It is pretty toasty, and it's pretty wonderful outside. Sorry, yeah. Amy. Yes. What is your thing? So, two things. One is going to be pretty obvious to you guys. Pizza. I'm really good at making pizza from scratch and like even or like taking like random pizza type ingredients and making like a good pizza out of them. You're the first person that ever um, made me non-bread pizza. Yes. And I was a changed woman. Yes. This is so good. It is really good. I was good. like, what? It's really good. I love non-bread and I love pizza. Why hadn't I put How this together this before? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can improvise pizza out of almost any ingredient. <laughs> You're like saltine crackers. And tomato sauce, tomato yep. soup. I got it. I, I got, got this. It. We yeah. got this. No, you can't. That's no, I mean, impossible. Not, uh, tomato could, soup is disgusting. Uh, I could probably add some shit to it to make it. She's tasty. like, all right. Anywho, <laughs> so that's that's the the first one where like I my brother was up visiting a few weeks ago, and we were having a cookout. And whenever we have a cookout or like a big family dinner, it's always at two p.m. In my house, I don't know why. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. I see your faces. Um, well, I mean, it's not. I don't know why we made faces. It's not actually weird. 
No, I mean it's I mean that is But that's like feels like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that's quote or unquote Easter, dinner, Easter but you're dinner. eating at two o'clock yeah, yeah, in the yeah. afternoon for some weird but reason. But we do that like if we have like the whole family over, we do that. And then we'll we'll put out a bunch of appetizers and just kind of snack or graze. Yeah. But that doesn't really work well for my children. So we were having a big family dinner, which wasn't fancy at all. We were just cooking out in the grill. Um, but my kids were like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, which is what they do. 24 7 i mean they're growing babies yes. are growing. so i made a pizza to tide them over from scratch and my brother like saw that i had made a pizza and he was like what like that smells amazing and i was like have a slice and then he had a slice and he just like kept fucking eating it <laughs> you're like but save some for the baby right yeah he was fine but yeah so it's i'm really good at making you pizzas. do make remarkably consumable pizza so like when I wow so I know this is high a, remarkably consumable. Well, Gotta put that on a blue ribbon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I have a in reason for saying this in gold lettering. Oh I'm weird about pizza for one. Like I do not think that Giovanna's pizza is like the best pizza ever. Oh, Greg okay. and I argue about it all what the is, time. What is your the best pizza I've ever had was from Milford House of Pizza. I have a, and it was a cheeseless pizza i mm. have a uh, a theory about so fucking house good. of pizza pizzas and we can discuss that at a later date <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll table that yeah. um but when i went and visited you and one of the nights we ended up having pizza and i wasn't like when i first ate it i wasn't like oh my god this is amazing pizza i wasn't mm-hmm. like this is bad pizza it was delicious but i wasn't like oh my god it's so good but then i found myself just like eating it and eating it and eating it and eating it past the point when I would normally eat pizza. <laughs> like, I think part of it, too, was because it was, like, small slices. So yes. it felt like I wasn't eating as much. I always cut pizza in small slices. I think you made multiple pizzas. Yeah, I, I usually I feel like I probably too. ate, like, an entire pizza because <laughs> I was just, like, eating it, eating it, eating it. It was, like, it was good, but I don't remember being, like, this is insanely good, but it must have been because I just kept <laughs> fucking eating it. Like, I couldn't yeah. stop. I make, uh, like, so whenever, I mean, I make pizza a couple times a week at my house because pizza's fucking delicious. But whenever I have, like, an official pizza night where I cook for not just my family, but, like, my parents or my in-laws or something, when you know, we when we have more people over, um, I'll make four pizzas and I'll make a sausage pepperoni pizza. I'll make a pizza with broccolini, which I just tell Ooh. the kids is broccoli because uh-huh. they don't know the difference. Yeah. And then I'll I'll make um, two cheese pizzas too, and that like there is literally never a slice left. So I don't know. Like it's maybe you pro- need to make five pizzas. Do yeah. you put cocaine in your pizzas? That's it's the drugs. That's the secret. It's you the put drugs. opium in there? Yes. That sauce <laughs> that's sweet and a little spicy. You don't want to know what's that's in there. the opium. Yeah, yeah. that's the opium. <laughs> Explain so much. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why you keep coming back for more. I did read an article about opium um, uh, spiked Chinese noodles. So it's oh. not too far off. Oh, oh, it's on our list of episodes. I can't talk about yeah, it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> so was there a second one? Yes. There's, okay. a, there's a second one and it's scones. And I feel like oh. just because most people haven't tried to make scones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once you try and make them, they're incredibly fucking easy to mm. make. I've only made them from a mix. Oh, I've never made them from scratch. Really I've always simple. wanted to. Yeah, they're, it's like really simple. It's simple, but it's hard to get right because like I've had so many scones that like scones are supposed to be dry yeah. because you're supposed to eat them with like tea or whatever. But I've right. had scones that are so dry like that rock. literally like you can't swallow. You need, you need icing on them then. 
Like, that's what you need. And that's that's the other thing, too. Like, I have a sweet tooth, so, like, I don't shy away from sugar. So I make, like, really good, um, like, blueberry scones with lemon icing. Mm. Or, like, mm-hmm. like I'll combine those, like, flavors like that. Or, like... Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, like, raspberry scones with lime icing or something. You know, like... So the icing is key because it makes it so it doesn't dry out too, too much. Yeah, I think most of the scones I've ever had haven't really had icing on the top. They've Sometimes it's like a crystallized sugar on the yeah. top or something. And that's really popular. I <laughs> fuck that. Like full icing. I mean, icing is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, no, if I, you, like, I am fully in your, cor- in your corner on this. If yes. you have an opportunity to have icing for yeah. breakfast, like for serious. Fucking Why do not? it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's only a little bit icing. I mean, icing. Because I don't like it when there's like. Yeah, I drizzle. Too much. Yeah. I don't like it's not like a slice of cake where there's like a layer of icing mm-hmm. on top. I drizzle. But that's like we when we first moved back, we had like a big family brunch. And I because I like cooking brunch to me sounds way easier than cooking dinner. Because as we discussed earlier, like I'm a baker. So right. like I can bake muffins yeah. and scones and I can pre-cook bacon. I can pre-cook waffles and then just heat them up in the oven. Like I can. I, there's a lot of prep work I can do ahead of time. So it's Baked easier for French me. Toast. Baked, Baked French, French toast. Baked French toast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. I made that too. So like I made scones as part of that big brunch that like family reunion brunch. And like my mom was like, I've never had scones before. And I'm like, how have you gotten your whole life and not eaten scones? She, you know, I was almost about to say where you live. <laughs> She lives in very rural New Hampshire. Yeah, she lives in a small town. Maybe you don't have a lot of cafes with scones. We have no cafes with scones. I was going to say, maybe probably she doesn't have to drive 100 cafes. miles to get a scone. But mm. that's not true. It's not 100 miles from you to me, is it? It's like 60 miles, I think. That's not 100, baby. Okay. And this place is lousy with scones. <laughs> <laughs> You, you gotta drive. You can't step out your front door and not <laughs> just fucking scones everywhere. Over a scone. Scones are raining from the sky. <laughs> yep. It's a climate crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, All right. What's happening? Um, I'm I'm here for scones with icing, one hundred percent. So. Uh, nice. Okay, I threw that one at you guys. I know that was a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I didn't have a, a very question. good answer, oh, was, but yeah, good. Yeah, your answer good was answers. great. Yeah. So, um, so Melissa, tell us what we're drinking today. So, as I said, when I originally started trying <laughs> to figure out what type of drink to do tonight, I started. I immediately went like the dessert <laughs> route. I knew what the episode was. I knew it wasn't desserts, but for whatever reason, I was like looking at all these like drinks with like fucking whipped cream and like a whole fucking ice cream cone in it or whatever. I didn't go that route because I didn't want us to die. Um, (laughs) But then I started thinking of like deserts Mm -hmm. and like hot. And then I'm like, what type of drinks do you drink in the desert? And I was looking at them and I got like tequila sunrises and all this stuff. And then from there, I kind of went to like tropical whatever and then I went to tiki drink. <laughs> Tropical is the exact opposite of desert. But we can like, tie it in. It's fine. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. But no, deserts don't have to be hot. It just has to deal with how much rain falls. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? You and your master's yeah, degree can desert. get the fuck out of here. All right? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait till I, uh, in just six short years. I'll have my doctorate, and oh then you will God. have to call me Dr. Amy. I'm not fucking oh. calling you doctor. I'll just call you Doc. But every time, time, every time, every What's time, up, every time you say something stupid, I am going to say, and you have a PhD. <laughs> That's fair. Every time. You know, I think, I think we should definitely get you on, on the, um, the boys show so that right now you can say something like, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on 
the show. Um, so and that, she, like, I she, have that's played a callback. One. I know. I have oh, played one. Yeah. That's a callback. Oh. It was a really awkward doctor. She, with she Uma nursed. Thurman from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction? <laughs> <laughs> Too much wine. This episode's <laughs> a fucking mess. <laughs> Pulp Fiction haircut. Okay. Did you have a Pulp Fiction haircut? I did have a Pulp Fiction. She did. I oh. even dressed up as as Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction with for the, Halloween with, with a syringe super glued to my chest. I have a picture well, of it. It was amazing. Well, yeah, you have that. I remember that. And you definitely had that whole thing going on in the other one. I just didn't remember if you know as the doctor, she 100 percent has her Uma Thurman. Haircut. Okay. Yep. And it was recorded in my apartment, which has like a, a hospital, a, <laughs> which is supposed to be a hospital. <laughs> and I had just like come out of like a really weird, like anatomy themed like period with making art so like the wall in my apartment was just filled with paintings of like well they're astronauts too but then they were like hands like there was like a lot of focus on anatomy and the artwork and science in the short i don't think you see that i think you only see the white wall because they were trying to make it look like a quote-unquote hospital right which which is great because when he came in (laughs) he went great your apartment's real sterile this will work (laughs) (laughs) who said that greg or Derek? Oh, I fucking love that asshole. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, let's reel it back in. We'll uh, we'll tweet out tweet out the YouTube clip of of me playing a doctor. I don't know. I don't know if the boys. It's okay because there's one person, like, and the one person that listens to this is they can't be mad at all of us. No, okay. Oh, hi, kitten. I mean, they can be. (laughs) (laughs) They can. I think they can only be mad at two thirds of us, actually. So neither one of them can be mad at you. So you'll just you'll have to find it and tweet it. Plausible deniability. Yeah, I'll do it. Anyway, it was when Amy was controlling the Twitter. I can't control her. (laughs) Anyways. Tiki drinks. I can't control her. She has a PhD. All right. um. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're off the rails. So I got to tiki drinks. um, And then somehow I got to rum. And then from rum. Logical. Mm -hmm. And then from Mm -hmm. rum, I got to the Pusser's Painkiller, which both of you have had. I really. But you probably don't remember it. Yeah. No. You threw me a surprise birthday party. Yes. And we had like a gaming thing. And I brought all the stuff to make the Puzzler's Painkiller. But I fucked it up. You guys drank it, but it wasn't as good because you you use cream of coconut and I used like a can Mm -hmm. of like, I think I used a can of cream of coconut Mm -hmm. or whatever and it had like chunks in it Mm -hmm. because I didn't use the stuff that you use to like make drinks. Mm. Ah. So I rectified that this time. But anyways, so Puzzler's Painkiller is delicious and reminds me of summer and stuff. What? You look like you want to say something. No. I'm, I'm listening intently. Okay. 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 That okay. was just my that listening was a party. Face. Was that that was the at your house? What was it? No. My 30 my 30th? 30. I think it was 30. Yeah. I was thinking about your it in mom the sh- was there. Yeah, I was thinking about it in the shower the other day. Yeah. And I was like, was that only 5 years ago that you owned that house? Yeah. Cuz I'm about to be 35, bitches. Yeah. That's sad. Oh. That I'm going to be 35. Oh, no, no, the house, the house, the house. Mm. I was like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. Uh-oh, no, we got... No, you're beautiful and wonderful, Melissa. When I say it's sad, I'm not talking about you. Yeah, no, the house was cute. Anyways, back on topic. So, the real painkiller cocktail was invented by Daphne Henderson. 
She was like a British like socialite oh. lady. Um, in the 1970s at the Soggy Dollar Bar in the on the island of Jost Wait, Van Dyke. Did you say 1970s? Yeah. 19? 19. 70s. This, the name of it and like the name of her, Daphne. Yeah. Like it makes me think it's like the fucking 1870s. Yeah. No. So the rum was invented way the rum that it's named after which is pusser's rum mm-hmm. was invented way before that but i didn't go all in that but okay. the pusser's rum was for like the british navy and it was like a whole thing okay anyways she invented it in the 1970s at the soggy dollar bar on the island of joss van dyke in the british virgin islands um the famous bar got its name because the island had no docks meaning that the most common way to get to the bar was to swim <laughs> <laughs> hence your dollars being soggy <laughs> Before That's the time right. that everybody carried around like a freaking debit card. Right. So yeah. you had cash and I was like, here, so take my wet cash. Was this like the original swim up bar? Well, kind of. It's on an island, mm-hmm. but the island doesn't have docks. Uh, so like if you had a so really you like a had like a little canoe or a rowboat or something right. like that. If you have a really tiny boat, you could go right up. But if you had like a bigger like a yacht or ship or anything, you would, you would have to dock. swim from the uh, boat because you would have to anchor yeah, it yeah. farther out. You would have to swim from the dock to the island. There's pictures. That makes way more sense because I was picturing like swimming from one island to another. No. Right, right. <laughs> Through so, shark infested uh, water. Ladies, oh, no. I want to go to there wherever this there is. There aren't really any good. I did put mm. some pictures on the drive, but none of them really kind of show you the bar because I'm the worst. There is a Great picture of job. the sign knocked down after a hurricane. But anyways. Here, I'll try and pull them up while you're chatting. So the cocktail is traditionally made with Pusser's rum. The true recipe is still a secret, but back in the 1980s, a man named Charles Tobias, who was Pusser's founder, decided that he needed the recipe since he had just gotten permission from the Great Britain's Royal Navy to commercialize the rum and wanted to serve the painkiller at his own establishment. So, like, basically this drink had brought Daphne, like, fame and fortune. Like, everybody knew about Mm -hmm. this painkiller drink and they knew that the only place that they could get it was the Soggy Dollar Bar. Okay. So people would go there specifically to get the painkiller. Yeah. Um... So this dude's all like, I want to sell this at my places, even though I didn't invent it. So he befriended Henderson. Now, that does kind of sound like he only befriended her to get the drink. I'm inferring that from the story, but it's probably not true. He probably befriended her and then tried the drink and was well, like, she's I like need this recipe. Well, socialite person anyway. She was probably a good person to be friends with. Right. Sure, 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 sure. So um, so he befriended Henderson and uh, like constantly was trying to get this recipe from her. And she was basically like, fuck off, dude. Like, you're not going to get it. And he like failed and failed and failed and failed. And he tried doing this for like two years. Wow. Like crazy. So it's like the 1980s now. And he's like... I got to figure out what this drink is because he owns a bunch of his own like Pusser's Rum like bars on other islands. And he's like, I got to serve this pain. See, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I got to serve this painkiller at my establishment. I got to figure out what this recipe is. And Daphne is just like, fuck off, dude. Like, no, 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 no. So finally, about two years into their friendship, trying to get this recipe, he decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to like abscond with like a drink. And see if I can, like, take it back with me and figure out what it is. <laughs> uh, uh, Which seems weird because, like, you have the flavor. But just anyways. Just drink it, yeah. Yeah. So he somehow, after a long day of fucking p- tipping back, I just fucking punched my headphones. You did, yeah. After tipping back <laughs> painkillers left and right, um, he leaves and somehow sneaks away 
uh, I'm just like a painkiller. A visual of him like trying to there's swim pictures, to the boat. There's pictures of him on the blog. Oh, okay. Yeah. I look, um, yeah, I can't get I can't get technology to work right now. It's although the picture that he's in, I'm not sure which person he is. Oh. He is. He's either the guy in the naval uniform or the guy not in the naval uniform. I don't know. Fair He'll be on the blog. Um, so he he somehow sneaks this drink away, right? <laughs> Swims back to his boat, gets back on his boat. In the actual story, they call the the side of the boat something fancy, which leads me to believe it's like a ship. Like a Galway or something like that. Okay. I don't know. But so somehow not only swims back with it, but gets back on his boat with it. And starts... I can't even walk across a room without spilling a drink. Right? (laughs) This guy's fucking like... I just picture him like... (laughs) Like swimming and like holding <laughs> yeah, one arm yeah. up like a uh, fucking loser. Like and because I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves lately. Like I see a shark coming up to him too. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> like it's just. But then a mermaid will help him. It'll be fine. I was just yes. say, maybe he just rode a turtle or something like that. Yeah, but also like another thing that has nothing to do with this dude Tobias but like imagine all these people fucking drinking and then swimming back to their boats that seems really unsafe how many people drowned <laughs> we'll never know because they drowned yeah if the British the freaking British islands they probably just hid that shit I don't know we're in America yeah. we don't I don't know what happens hey. over there <laughs> that, I feel like that was offensive anyways <laughs> so he gets back to his boat and he starts working on tasting it and then trying like his own combinations of different things to see if he can get it right. So it only takes him a couple days basically to get pretty close. Now here's the other thing. So did he sip this drink for a couple days? <laughs> yeah. Me thinks yes. Gross. Or did maybe like, that's maybe what... he like poured it into little ice cube trays and froze it and then like <sighs> I feel like that would change the flavor considerably. Mm. Yeah. That's probably true. But anyway, so it's basically it says the Sunday after, but it doesn't give a, a day of the week that he took the drink. <laughs> he took the drink on Saturday. <laughs> so I just snorted real loud. That was great. Like, so he he's pretty sure so at, on that Sunday, he's pretty sure he figured it out. So he's he's worked it out to a four one one ratio. So it's four parts pineapple juice, one part cream of coconut, one part orange juice, and then rum to taste. Now you can either order it as a two, three, or four. So what that is is the ounces of rum that are in the drink. So you can either get two ounces, three uh, ounces, or four ounces. Okay. Which a four ounce painkiller. Is literally a painkiller. Fuck. Yeah, Yeah, that would fuck me up. So he went back to the bar to tell Henderson that he had figured it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So even then, Henderson would not divulge the true recipe for her signature cocktail. She basically was like, so if you've got it, like, what do you need from me? Like, you figured it out. You're a big man. Like, (laughs) go fuck yourself. Whatever. You got Well, they're friends. So reading about this, all the stories are very like, they're very friendly and like jokey. And she's like, ah, ha, ha. Like, if you got it, what do you need from me? But also I'm thinking like, this dude's fucking like trying to rip off your thing that you've like built your name on. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I figured it out. Look at my dick. So anyways, (laughs) so Uh. she said like, basically like, okay, you've got it. Like, whatever. And she tries it and she's like, it's not right. And he tries it and he tries hers and he realizes that hers is actually a little bit sweeter than his or his is a little bit sweeter than hers. Fuck, I forget. His is his is pretty sweet. I'm going to go with his is sweeter than hers, but he thinks his is better. Mm-hmm. 
So she's like, there's no way. Like, mine's better, whatever. So they basically make a wager Mm. to do, like, a taste test. There's about 10 patrons in the bar. They Mm. put $100 on the line for whoever made the best painkiller. So she makes 10 of her recipe. He makes 10 of his recipe. And then he hands out, uh, like, they give them all out or whatever. And according to the story, which is by Pusser's Rum, which is the company that he owned. Yeah. Um, he won ten out of the ten taste tests. Oh, all of them. So, so they were all pussies who couldn't hold their liquor. They wanted a sweet drink. So then Henderson. Now I have in parentheses jokingly question mark uh, accused Tobias of paying the patrons to <laughs> say that his drink was best, which yeah. he of course denied. Me, I like to see this story as a story about the fucking patriarchy. So, of course, I'm like, he fucking paid him. Or they're like, oh, "Oh, here's this big fancy rich guy saying, like, his drink's better. So we're all going to say his drink's better. Or his drink really was better. Whatever. I don't know. So soon after that, Tobias started promoting the Pusser's painkiller. So, Mm -hmm. like, the Pusser's painkiller was her drink. But he then took this thing and was like, I figured it out. And he was like, mine's better. So then he started promoting the Pusser's Painkiller at the two Pusser's bars that he owned at the time on some other fucking island. Um, Now, on the website, it has this very fun sentence about how generous he is. Oh. So the website says, but he always gives Daphne Henderson credit with a byline in Pusser's printed media and inspired by Daphne at the Soggy Dollar Bar at White Bay on Joss Van Dyke. Stolen from. Inspired by. Mm, stolen from. Fucking. Oh, shit. Inspired by. Inspired by. Yeah. It's not inspired by. No. She invented the fucking yeah. drink and you slightly altered it. Mm-mm. So like I made You didn't this... even slightly slightly alter it. You just got it wrong. Right. Well, so I made this the other night and I changed it a little bit to see if maybe like I could make it little different so we could mm-hmm. have like a drunk dish alteration to it but i would never say we invented it right right by changing it a little bit so fuck this dude <laughs> fuck him <laughs> so uh the fame of the pusser's painkiller spread throughout the boating and sailing communities of the caribbean and the u.s and is probably the most popular mixed rum drink among sailors today in the west indies and it continues to spread throughout many other parts of the world mm. Um, so like I said, it's really a story about the fucking patriarchy. Because yep. <laughs> yep. this dude just straight up fucking stole this lady's drink and then went and sold it. Fucking capitalism. Yeah. And made all this money. And now he's like, oh, it's inspired by Daphne Henderson. No, Daphne made it. Yeah. Not a fan. I will say that on the Wikipedia article for this drink, it does say invented by Daphne Henderson. It oh. doesn't say mm-hmm. inspired by. The inspired by is on like the Pusser's website. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. Yeah, can I just Pussers. say? I know, like Pussers is like the brand name and was like the guy's name, but it sounds. It's so, not the guy's it's name. Fucking gross! I thought it's it was the so guy. So gross! No, 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 Wait. no. So the name. So I did look at this a little bit, and I didn't take any notes. So I'm probably gonna get it wrong. <laughs> so, um, the name comes from on ships back in olden times. Mm-hmm. I don't know, fucking 1700s, 1800s, whatever. I'm with you. There was a man that was in charge of all the like sundries and stuff on mm-hmm. the ship. And this man was known as a purser. Yeah. And yeah. over time, for whatever reason, they started calling that person the pusser. 
And he supplied all the rum to all the like Navy guys. So it oh. became known as Pusser's Rum. Okay. So it's not named after an individual person. It's named okay. after like that overall job to- title of the person that like handles the store. Yeah. And like all of that sort of stuff. Job title. Yeah, I don't. It didn't. Uh, nowhere could I find Fucking why weird. they changed purser to pusser. Language man. They were drunk, probably. Um. And then the British Navy was like, "You can't do this anymore. We can't have rum on the ships anymore." Yeah. <laughs> and then Tobias was like, "Okay, well, can I commercialize it? Yeah. So that like I can make money because capitalism." And then they were like, "Sure." And then he was like, "Let me steal this lady's invented drink." And then they were like, "Sure." Oh, my God. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> it is toasty. So we're going to take a quick break so I can mix these drinks up and put like a shit fuck ton of ice God. in them. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this. And I have to pee so And bad. Amy, <laughs> Dr. Amy has to pee. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, fellas, look, it's Squidward. Hey, buddy, where you been? Hit it, boys! Welcome to Squidward's Tiki Land. Welcome to Squidward's Tiki Land. You can relax all day like a tiki can. Mom life. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. So Ooh. I did forget one of the most important things about a pusser's painkiller, mm-hmm. and that's the um, a large amount of nutmeg that you sprinkle on top. I noticed that. So I had tried like an alteration where I put a little bit of almond extract in it, which was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then I also put um, like dehydrated coconut on top, mm-hmm. and that was not good, mm-hmm. which is good because then I remembered Amy dislikes almost everything <laughs> i should ask her if she even likes coconut oh, that's and, the, right. I remember, and yeah. then we had a very confusing conversation it was a confusing because i live in a place with no cell reception <laughs> she wasn't getting like it her wasn't. messages weren't sending in the right order yeah. and were mine not either yeah were, so i was like, like why does she keep well i got your question like three times i was like why does she keep asking the same question yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so this has a generous amount of nutmeg sprinkled on top and okay. i made the uh, number two oh, okay. painkiller so it doesn't have the dude version an obscene the- number of uh or a scene obscene amount of rum in it and it's already pretty strong because pussers is pretty strong mm. Mm. Are we cheersing, lady? Oh, shit. Sorry. I got excited. <laughs> Cheers. Chink. These don't really chink. Ah, chink. Chink. Uh, That's fine. Virtual chink. Yeah. Oh, that sounds racist. Ah. Yeah. Do you not like it? It's strong. I told you earlier, rum fucks me up. So I'm oh. just like very like cautious about it. Taking my time. This might be the best thing i've ever I was gonna tasted. say what does kate it, think it tastes good oh my god now this is a slight alteration actually so it's so can we we can call it pursers pursers punch then or yeah can purse? we do that can we do that so but mostly out of necessity or stupidity so um it's supposed to be four parts pineapple juice and only one part orange juice okay but when i was at the grocery store we couldn't find like a regular size thing of 
like actual pineapple yeah, juice. It only comes in the little cans. And then Greg, my brilliant husband, was like, just get the pineapple orange juice mix I get because mm. it's both of them together. And I said, oh, that's a great idea, forgetting that it's not equal parts. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is actually made with the pineapple orange juice like cocktail. This oh. tastes like Which is tastes good. very good. This mm-hmm. tastes like I want to be under an um, umbrella on some beach sand yeah. with... Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's real good. So this is when I go to my cousin's house. Um, she'll make this and I'll go outside. They have a bunch of land. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go outside and like lay in the hammock. Yeah. And drink my painkiller. And, and really just, sunburned. And just look at the rolling fields in front of me. Yeah. And it's a perfect experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think my like I really like the flavor of it. I have a very strong sense of smell. And the nutmeg, the nutmeg is very strong. Is very strong. So if I like, this is gonna sound like an insult, but it's not. But if I like hold my breath, like if I don't <laughs> inhale, right See, as I'm sipping, I think sipping, that's part of the experience. Yeah, it's just so strong mm. that all I can taste is nutmeg. What, See, if it I mix it in. It. So it's funny because I'm, I'm maybe because then it won't yeah. be like right up at the top because it's only on the top. Yeah, it's I, not like mixed in. So nutmeg is one of those flavors that it's sort of like rosemary for me. Um, where too much is Gulp. definitely Gulp. too much you know yes, like for sure um i feel like a lot of the times chai is too nutmeggy and See, a, i don't a lot of oh. a, yeah and a lot of the time like pumpkin pie ends mm-hmm. up being too nutmeggy mm-hmm. um i'm not getting that in this at all like i feel well, like it's good really nice greg says i over nutmeg stuff so <laughs> Because I really like nutmeg a lot. But I, I also feel like my... I should have t- asked you if you like nutmeg. That's okay. I like nutmeg. It's just... Like, I should have put cardamom on top uh, of it. Oh, turmeric <laughs> on top. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. Cool luck. Yeah. I just have a very strong smell. Oh, my God. Smell. So this is more like a regular episode than the last one. Oh, we're already like three we're, hours. <laughs> we're, we're already over 40 minutes in. Woo! We haven't even got to red lighting. <laughs> and I don't even know what the fuck that means. Yeah. Something about geography and racism. I'm That's really, all I know. I'm really excited to so, learn. Yeah. learn so, yes, stuff. we're talking yeah. about redlining and food deserts, which seems to be two separate things things but somehow amy's gonna tie them together they're actually very closely related okay perfect Let take me, us away uh, push up my metaphorical glasses here and get ready <laughs> doctor 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 i'm doctor. gonna start being like bones and being doctor. like i'm a doctor damn it not a i'm a doctor god damn it whatever and you're gonna start being super racist against vulcans oh no not that part of bones <laughs> You green-blooded bastard. Whoa, bones. Yeah. Bones. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Um, speaking of racism, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> nice job. Um, so we're talking a little bit about food deserts, not desserts, <laughs> and uh, redlining today and how those two things are connected. Um, part of the inspiration for this, we had like we we have like a list of like topics we want to cover and research, and this was not on it. This was not on it. <laughs> but I got so enraged by our uh, beloved president uh, and his tweets about Baltimore um, that I got <sighs> I got real real pissed, and I wanted to talk a little bit. What did he say? Was this when he was like, "It's crime, like murder." town usa or whatever yeah he was he was essentially saying so uh there's a uh no murder town is providence right 
<laughs> yes, that's Providence, right. Rhode Island. Yeah, it is right. Providence. There's okay. a congressman who is uh, actively investigating the Trump administration as part of one of the committees he's on. Oh, did he, he get robbed? And he happens. Yeah, he did get robbed. Yeah. He happens to be a representative that covers Baltimore. And Trump essentially was like, why don't you take care of Baltimore? It's a shithole instead of investigating me and wasting taxpayer dollars. Well, you know, New Hampshire is a drug infested den. So, you know, whatever. except for the people who vote for him. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. All the businesses on Elm Street were out in force against that uh, little tidbit. So. There was also a virtual reality like art installation above the arena where Trump's protest is where if you took your phone out and you installed a specific app, you could see like a person with like puppet strings. <laughs> oh, my God. But who makes this? Sh- anyway. All right. We Anyways, can't get into this right yes. now. <laughs> so politics inspired me because um, I got real mad and I want to talk a, a little bit about how like people think that like racism happens in a vacuum i should say white people think that racism happens in a vacuum <laughs> can we sidebar yes oh Already. this is a it's big the first sidebar what is in here um it's it's raspberries <laughs> it looks like dead cold <laughs> oh <laughs> it looks like like you could take just this part of your water bottle with this red shit and put it in a horror movie yeah yep, like yep. it definitely looks like or from like i zombie like this is some brains that she's marinating anyway sorry you people can't see that we should probably take a picture of it so we can put it on the blog um, like people both listen to the show and go mm-hmm, to the blog mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's raspberries <laughs> this is a big thing i have a hard time with and oh my god maybe this will be the controversy that like makes us um (laughs) so when most of the time when people go on twitter or whatever and they're talking about white racism Mm -hmm. they're usually trash they're usually racist right like i would never go on twitter and be like oh woe is me white racism right like people are racist against me but i do not understand this mentality that someone of color can't be racist and i understand that it comes from a power dynamic that like the people that are in power are the ones that can inflict the -hmm. racism on people who are not in power which are generally people of color but with like a broader term of racism a person of color can 100 percent be racist there's actually a really famous recent example of this um there is a woman um who's an author and she had a book coming out and she was a woman of color and she tweeted a photo i think it was in I think it was it was either the Boston subway or the New York City subway of a black woman who was eating lunch while on the clock who was like a employee of the public I saw transportation. That. Oh god, and I she saw was, that. She got like pit bitchy. I said pitchy. Bitchy. <laughs> pissy. That's different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pissy and bitchy together. It's perfect yeah. pitchy. Yeah. So she got upset. That this other woman had the audacity to feed herself. Yeah, no, I saw that tweet. It was fucking bullshit. Right. And then she like she ended up getting her book deal canceled and everything. But like that's an example of like a person of color being racist. Oh, wait, the lady that tweeted it was a person of color? Yeah. Because oh. she's she was See, I'm racist. I assume that was a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Are you sure. That- yes. I, I don't I don't know she yeah she was a person of color and because I remember like I follow a lot of people on black Twitter because I want to educate myself sure. kind yeah, of yeah, passively of without having to put emotional label labor on people of color and um and black Twitter like unanimously was like this is why I don't call myself a person of color this is why I call myself black because like people who identify as people of color sometimes don't understand like the racism that black people experience because it's like a whole different well sure i mean and that's between every 
right race you don't know what i've been through and then another race is you don't know what i've been through right i mean fucking irish people can be like oh we endured racism and we were discriminated against but it's not the same thing as you know right. fucking slavery although there were irish slaves too but like right i get that but like i've met racist black yes. people like if you meet me and you're like oh you're a fucking bitch because you're white that's racist right but if their point is like that you have privilege that you don't understand or acknowledge but that's different. not true right. of me you're assuming that because of my race but you do have privilege no but i know that oh yeah <laughs> i know so that and the I, part that you don't know i know that and i recognize it yeah and i actively try and be aware of it in my everyday life and right. in dealing with other people but you're assuming because i'm a white woman who is middle class that I don't understand my own privilege. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I understand it's kind of a nuanced thing. And we probably shouldn't be talking about it this in depth. Especially not when I'm drunk. But well, I've drinking. met some fucking racist people of color. You can be racist. And there are people of color in power. Yeah. I think that there's that a can difference Im- between prejudice and racism. Though. Yeah. I... Like, I would say that what you experienced was prejudice, but not Well, racism. I didn't experience it. But, well, your hypothetical. This hypothetical situation be, where someone was like, you're a privileged bitch and you don't even know it. Right. Like, would be prejudice and not racism. But it's because of my race. But prejudice based on race is not the definition of racism. Racism has to do with the social construct of race and power dynamics. Oh, fucking Dr. Amy over here. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's what I'm talking about. So anybody. I think anybody can be prejudiced. I don't think it's possible to be racist against white people because white people make the rules. Make the rules. And have. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can be prejudiced against anyone. But then we're, we're calling people racist who have no power in our society. Like if but it's if some they're fucking. white, they just by definition of having a different color skin automatically have more power not if you're fucking poor no but even if no you're, even so i don't think so if you're a poor white person you have more power than a poor black person yeah i mean if we go by the definition of racism <laughs> if we go by the definition of words it's of course pre- you're right prejudice discrimination or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior so is that the part one's own race is superior yes so you're telling me people of color don't think like people of color that w- I would consider racist. I'm not saying a blanket term people of color. Right. But people of color that might say things that would be considered for ra- of as racist don't think that they're superior. Therefore, they're not racist. Right. It's not it's not coming from a place of superiority. I think they do think they're superior. No. And they could- and look, they're probably right. But it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it not racist. I think we have different definitions. I don't think you're right. I'm not. And I don't think I, I don't necessarily think I'm right. This is just a feeling. Yeah. It's not from like I, said, I think anyone can be prejudiced against anyone. Anyone can have have assumptions formed based on how people look. And that can be based on race, based on what kind of clothes you're wearing, like how like how much income you're projected to have or perceived to have, like based on like ableist views of, you know, whether or not you're in a wheelchair or you have a visible disability versus an invisible one or No, and I I like, like that explanation. It's never been explained as you can be prejudiced against anybody, but the person who is racist has holds some sort of power. Right. 
over the person that they see as inferior. Yes. I guess. All right. Moving on. What were we talking about? <laughs> Red Really um, terrible sidebar over where I'm probably going to, if anybody ever listens to the show, I'm going to get fucking <laughs> raked over the coals. Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with actually having a discussion about something that you're not <laughs> clear. Like, right. If yeah, no, right. No. If I'm legitimately just trying to educate myself and trying to... Um, just sort of open my mind right. to how other people and most of the white people that complain about white racism are actually are disgusting racist. human beings. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes just yes. in general we'll be clear on that yeah. we all agree on that <laughs> yeah. they're trash right. they're right. like oh i'm discriminating it. fuck you yeah right. anyways so i don't i i just i feel like this is you're asking a question in earnest. Yeah, I feel like, and that's right. sure, sure. what needs to be able to happen well, in our society. You know, on left Twitter. <laughs> so okay, so can I, sidebar for a second here. <laughs> oh, no, Twitter sidebar. Yeah, Twitter sidebar. Kate, Seriously, you have no idea. <laughs> no, apparently I don't. You there's get, apparently black you, Twitter and there's left Twitter. I can't and even literary Twitter. I can't even have open Twitter. Like I can't even have unlocked Twitter. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe I'm on the wrong Twitter. Maybe I need to be on. Like, See, you're on the right Twitter, and you're supposed to be on the left Twitter. Oh, if it's, I'm on the right Twitter, I'm, fuck, I don't want to be on the right. Twitter. It's anything. it's all the same Twitter. <laughs> it's just different like groups of people. So okay. like like if you want to like have a better understanding of Black Twitter, I feel like a good start would be to follow like Roxanne Gay. She, what? Nothing. What? Sorry, I have some problems oh, with her. Boy. But anyways, oh, okay. Um, but I follow communist Twitter. Yes. I follow a lot of people on that like far left Twitter. And so yeah. there's some things there. I mean, we can we can we can take this offline. But I just. I, yeah. I Twitter sidebar is dangerous. This episode's already almost an hour. And Deep Amy dive. hasn't even started talking even about her topic. I'm going to have to fucking cut all of this. Yeah. I, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think the the important thing for us, both with like your question and your question is to like as white people to be willing to listen yeah and yes. that's like so like bring i brought up roxanne gay she later she recently like had a an exchange back and forth with an editor from i think the new york times who ended up getting um demoted um but he had he had tweeted some things that like read as racist whether or not his intent was was to be actively racist like they read as racist and they used racist rhetoric and she called him out on it and then he like sent a passive aggressive email demanding an apology and then she was like new york times get your boy like come on like and he got demoted but like his like his main fault in addition to like tweeting something racist to begin with is like his unwillingness to fucking listen right that's right yeah no so be better like it's just that's like we're continuing this twitter sidebar i once tweeted something i'm gonna get edited out you already said that (laughs) no i'm not editing it so i tweeted something once about rose mcgowan because she had sent she had basically screamed at someone at one of her like speeches or whatever who Mm -hmm. was a trans person and she was pretty awful to them yes i remember that yeah and it was pretty bad and i had retweeted it and i had made a comment about the fact that she was crazy okay and someone that follows me on twitter reached out to me and said hey like i get what you're saying but like be careful of that be careful of this language whatever and i said you're 100 percent right Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have said that yeah i just don't have another word 
you know, because socially, like, right, that's how you d- describe people that are acting in a way that you can't, yeah, explain understand. and that you think is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You just say crazy. And I took that tweet down. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a very particular, like, brain or a muscle that I think you have to work to Absolutely. be able to be like. And right. a lot of people get defensive too. Like when you like when other people approach them and you say like, "Hey, that's not cool." A right. lot of people's initial like like uh, reflex is to, what the fuck are you trying to say? To be like, "What? what? I'm that's not, not what racist. I yeah, or not to sexist. justify what right. it was that they said." Right? Like, I, yeah. And when I, what we need to do is listen. Yeah. Just like learn to shut up sometimes yep. and listen, especially straight white men. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's especially that group yeah. but all of us all of us r- white women mm-hmm. definitely all straight people like oh, like there's well, a hierarchy, everybody there's a hierarchy of privilege where i feel like that like message needs to be amplified more for some people than others but everybody needs to be able to like take a minute and listen to each other sure right roxanne gay said some shitty stuff about people in the service industry anyways moving on <laughs> Redlining in food deserts. (laughs) So do you guys know what a food desert is? I do, but maybe the one person that listens to this (laughs) might not know. Because some people at work didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, food deserts are actually like a, uh, they're now like a government designated like recognition. Say recognition. It's not a good thing. Um, (laughs) Government designated like area in a community. Uh, They're defined by the Department of Agriculture. Um, And they're defined by having severely limited access to fresh food and healthy food. Um, And the Department of Agriculture takes in a whole bunch of different considerations when they make this designation. So they take into account things like access to local produce, vehicle access, supermarket access, um, what the median income is for families in that area, the poverty level for families in that area, and then also the access to things like public transportation, too. So, like, essentially it is, is there healthy like locally sourced food available to you and how easy is it for you to get to it so is it cost prohibitive like do you need transportation to get there like is the closest supermarket 30 miles away and like there's no bus right like, and there's yeah. no bus yeah. right so these are all like questions that they ask and it's really it's an ever-changing map and designation like there's not like it's not like the department of agriculture is going to say like this is a food desert and then like 30 years hopefully 30 years in the future it's still going to be a food desert like we have the power to change these things i don't even understand how food deserts exist so honestly being more than 15 or 20 minutes away from an actual grocery store is baffling to me i'm about to explain it like the fucking (laughs) insane so this is like when we were talking about privilege earlier and like that's my privilege one of the many so they're like this is all derived from uh, institutional racism so part of what i'm going to be talking about is like overt racism so white people sitting in an office and being like we're gonna be racist and then part of it- <laughs> i just love the, the idea of a bunch of white people sitting in an office being like what's on the agenda today racism. number one be racist <laughs> that's american number two, history be misogynistic yeah number three see number one <laughs> 
and two yeah <laughs> uh so part of it is like overt racism so people white people or people of privilege act actively trying to make lives harder for for people of color and black people in this country and then the other part of it too is like like privilege so like people doing bad i almost said batshit crazy and then we just mm-hmm. said that conversation about how we shouldn't use the word crazy sorry but okay so <laughs> sidebar 80 million um, <laughs> when I call someone crazy, I don't mean someone that has a legitimate mental illness, but right. I understand that that is not how that term is perceived and that's why we shouldn't say it. Right. Just how when people use the R word right. or use the F word, not fuck the other one, they're yep. like, well, I don't mean it right. that way. Right. But that's how it's perceived. Right. So you shouldn't use it. But right. I think that's where people get, like you well, said, batshit crazy. So I'm trying to do better. And you don't mean someone that has a legitimate illness. You mean an asshole. Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I was just going to say, like, that language evolves. Yes. You know, and I think sometimes you have to just realize that language and social consciousness has evolved. And the F word, the R word, batshit crazy, you know, all of those, um, you know. Yeah. Just... Yeah, be better. Do better. Yes, I'm trying. Be thoughtful. I'm trying, our one <laughs> listener. I'm trying. <laughs> one, I think that's just our joke now. <laughs> Hello, one fan. You know who you I'm are. I'm pretty sure even the people at my work have stopped listening. Oh, <laughs> oh. But, they, but we get better every day. They were so excited when it started and now nothing. Mm. <laughs> we got we to gotta be snappier. That's it. We got to be quicker. Pity us. Yeah. Listen yeah. to our podcast. So, so part of it's overt racism, and then part of it is subconscious institutional racism. So things that like white people do, and they just are blind to their privilege, so they don't understand the actual ramifications of their actions, right? Right. Like the butterfly effect of shitty racism, um, where they do one small thing, and it affects all these other things. So redlining. Do you guys know what redlining is? I, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it has something to do with geography and racism. Yep. I looked it up, but I didn't want to read too much into it. And I also forgot everything that I did read. Cool. You're probably going to forget everything again because we've been drinking. That's true. Um, but listen to it when you're sober. But this I'll, is important. I listen to it at least twice because I edit it. And then That's I listen true. to it in the car to make sure that it sounds OK. And then mm-hmm. I almost no, never does. No, no. <laughs> No, the last couple have sounded great. Yeah, they sounded great. Last one. Uh, All right, we don't need to. Okay. okay. So redlining, it's in its most basic term, it's a practice um, popularized by banks in the 1930s. Oh, if you you know it's good if it was popularized by banks. In, in the, the 30s. 30s. In the 30s, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they literally would outline like a lot of like muscle, mustache. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they would literally outline neighborhoods and communities in different colors to designate the financial risk in investing in those neighborhoods. Oh no. So like white suburban neighborhoods, they'd be outlined in like green. They'd have like an A plus rating. And then, like, really urban, minority-rich neighborhoods would be outlined in red because they'd have a very high-risk rating. And, they're, like, there's there's a whole bunch of different reasons why. Some of them, again, very overt, like, and right. some of them Well, and it could legitimately be an investment risk, but the reason it's an investment risk is because of prolonged racism and discrimination. Right. And segregation. <laughs> and yep. segregation, pushing people to one area, all that. 
Exactly. Okay. So redlining became a formalized practice in 1934. It definitely existed before then, but it was kind of like a bank by bank situation or a region by region situation. But in 1934, there is the creation of the National Housing Act. Um, and that kind of formalized and required the use of redlining, um, which sounds fucked up. Yeah. But yeah. I, so you, I think one of the things that you have to, to consider, one, white people are shitty. And then two, <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, what? <laughs> two is that this is the height of the Great Depression. So, like, they're trying to think of, like, okay, how can we make sure this never fucking happens again? And, like, the answer to that is regulation. But, like, th- thinking about, like, regulation today, which is, like, making sure that, like, even, t- you know, for the recession in 2008, like, making sure that banks don't fucking- invest in risky <sighs> and risky um, investments. Regulation today has somehow become, a like, a bad, bad word. word. Right. And it's really fucking annoying but the i think part of the reason why it's been allowed to become a bad word is because regulation back then although there were some really great things that came out of eisenhower and in the new deal and in that era there's also things like this that which have like completely reshaped or or solidified like really horrible practices and like intensified segregation and racism and wage disparity and all these like things that are like now still social ills to like the nth degree like they came out of policies and regulations of this time period too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword because you have to like that's the benefit of having a diverse group of people look at legislation and making laws. Sure. Yeah. Is that like like a a room full of like white, middle-aged, straight dudes are not gonna understand how saying like banks can't invest in risky neighborhoods is gonna adversely affect people of color and black right. neighborhoods, yeah. right? They just don't fucking get it and even if they do get it they it's the it 30s purpose. they might do yeah. it on purpose yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, like yeah. so um the national people by the people yes that's why we need we need people that represent us mm-hmm. um so national housing act establishes the federal housing authority the fha and today we know them as like oh like i mean i'm a millennial so my my knowledge <laughs> of them is like like you can get an FHA loan if it's you're like a first time home. But owner. basically, every place you look at doesn't accept FHA loans, right? Because they have all these requirements about like what the how like how safe the house has to be and like what condition it has to be in and stuff, which is kind of bullshit. Because like I bought a house with an FHA loan and it turned out to be a complete shithole and money pit. But that's a different story. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, um, so good. So prior to the this, prior to 1935, obviously racist practices in lending and building existed um, in full force. But this kind of formalized the process of using them. And then also actually worsened it exponentially because it didn't just formalize it. It made it a requirement. So banks before in, you know, maybe more like liberal or progressive areas could, you know, kind of do their own thing when this legislation came out, when the FHA was founded, they were then forced to evaluate risk areas through this redlining process. Um, So neighborhoods were classified. A lot of them are color coded, hence the name redlining. Um, But they're also classified A through D. So A was the lowest risk. These were usually, like I said, affluent white suburbs. And then D was the highest risk. And these were outlined in red. Um, And then the FHA set out standards for how to classify neighborhoods. And then a bunch of private companies and banks did the actual lining. So the FHA was like, here are the standards. 
let loose. And then the banks either did it themselves or they're like, this is too much fucking work. I can't figure this out myself. And they would hire these like private contractors to go into neighborhoods and do these risk assessments assessments and evaluations. So like I said, all this was kind of in, in response to the Great Depression. Um, banks had been lending in high risk uh, situations because there was a high reward prior to this period. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they were lending like in minority communities because they weren't, but in other high risk situations, like high risk situations with like like white business owners or whatever, but like where there was a high risk, there was a high reward. So they would do like risky things. So all this legislation was kind of in response to this, but it didn't actually address this. It addressed a completely different thing and made it much, much worse. Um, and then the government's response, like I said, was more regulation. Um, the FHA appraisal manuals that came out during this time to instructed banks to steer clear of areas with, quote, inharmonious racial groups. Um, so, like, when I say, like, half of it's overt and half of it's subconscious, like, this is the overt part where, like, the FHA's actual regulations, like, mention race in a negative way. Um, so like the areas where like white neighborhoods would butt up against black neighborhoods or Latino neighborhoods would black, butt up against, um, you know, white neighborhoods. Like these were the areas where those red lines existed because that would be where the most friction was. And it's kind of fucked up because these are also the areas where like the most hate crimes mm-hmm. occurred. Weird. Weird. Yeah. I know. I wonder which side those are coming from. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know at all. Um, so... In 1973, fast forwarding, you know, a few decades, there's a national housing conference. And then right afterwards, something called the Northwest Community Organization, the NCO of Chicago, meets with other community groups and they form. There's so many fucking acronyms here. The <laughs> NPA. Which you is the, love acronyms. Know, the National People's Action. Um, so the NPA kind of arises because. You know, in the 70s, this has been percolating for four decades at this point from the 30s to the 70s. And like things are now at a fucking breaking point. So like you see this across the United States where uh, desegregation starts to take center stage in the 60s, the 50s and 60s. And then um, even in places that I feel like a lot of white people consider to be like liberal progressive areas like Boston for instance there's like a bunch of race riots in the late Boston 60s so super racist it is though. super <laughs> racist for people who live there I feel like they know that they're racist but for everyone else there's like this idea of like the liberal east coast elite right, right. and it's yeah, like sure no like it's dudes from southie like yelling racist and homophobic that's slurs. why that's why fucking people of color don't want to play for the Red Sox yes <laughs> yep, yep, yep. so there there's like all of these riots going on across the country. There's a rise in hate crimes. Um, there's also peace on the other side. There's peaceful protests. And, um, you know, this is the the era of Martin Luther King. This is the era of forced desegregation. This is the beginning of the era of busing. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming to a head at this point. And it's all because of these fucked up redlining practices of the 1930s. Because what happens when you have redlining and what happens when a bank refuses to invest in certain communities is that no new businesses can open up there. Right, right. No successful businesses that have branches otherwhere can open up a new location there. And also things like property value just don't mm-hmm. appreciate. So like a homeowner in a white, uh, white community, a white homeowner in the suburbs could buy a house in the 30s and then by the time they gave it to their kids it would appreciate in value like five times like yeah. it, it would have a huge value least, appreciation yeah. mm-hmm. and then 
a black family and say they like scrimped and saved and saved every penny and they bought their own home but it was in a redlined community and by the time they gave it to their kids it would not have appreciated a cent if anything it could have it could have depreciated yeah so and then this just keeps building and building for four decades and why how are everybody how's everybody going to like higher education in the 70s and 80s it's yep. because everybody is mortgaging their their parents are mortgaging their homes and if all of these homes are have no value like oh yeah there's like this oh huge trickle down effect right i'm gonna that vomit means, that means the schools in these neighborhoods don't get as much right. funding that right. means the roads don't get paved that yeah. means the police don't patrol as often that means there's higher crime rates that like everything that we consider like a, as being like a problem of like a shithole community as our fucking president says <laughs> is derived from white people fucking it up mm. like that's like ugh, it makes me so mad it makes me so mad sorry well this is smiling at me i like your anger <laughs> <laughs> it gives me strength <laughs> so in the 70s the npa is formed and then uh they they organized with 29 other organizations across 18 states just within their first year of forming, and they start to push back against these practices. So it takes four decades for somebody to stand up and be like, hey, this isn't cool. Um, and one of the people at the forefront of this, her name is Gil uh, Sincata, and um, she works with a professional organizer whose name is Shell Trapp, and they founded the organization. They're both from Chicago, from um, a predominantly black neighborhood. And this is where redlining is like really heating up what this is a very serious conversation oh jesus but i just farted and i'm pretty sure you can hear (laughs) (laughs) that's what that that's what that like restful lounging recline was (laughs) you were like stretching to let one rip and it, you probably won't be able to hear it in the actual like whatever when people listen to it and i'm just fucking broadcasting it but in the headphones it was like this tiniest little like beep. <laughs> i'm just listening to amy do this very serious thing that is like jesus like a big deal and like terrible and i'm just like, i guess i should not have worried about this episode being too serious <laughs> melissa thank you for adding levity you're welcome <laughs> Fart sidebar over. Oh god! <laughs> and Amy got to take a sip of her drink. While That's I true. Was talking about tootin'. That's true. It's always a good thing. So, <laughs> talking about tootin'. <laughs> Is that the new band name? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about tootin'. I think that's it. <laughs> oh my god! We only play Hootie and the Blowfish covers. <laughs> Not that Darius Rucker shit. No, yeah. <laughs> Only not. the full band. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Back on topic. Okay. <laughs> so Gail Sincata, I'm probably saying her last name incorrectly. Sorry, Italian gods, forgive me. Um, Gail, her activism is rooted in motherhood. So she's a mother to six fucking boys. I don't know oh, how whoa. anybody does that. Oh, God. And then they're all enrolled in Chicago public schools in a community called Austin, and then Chicago, which technically... I'm going to like nerd up for a second. Technically, Austin, like it's it's like it's it's its own little like self-contained community. 
It doesn't actually answer to greater Chicago, like with government, but it's considered part of Chicago, like geographically. So it's so it's like its own town, but they haven't like incorporated as their own. They are incorporated. But as Chicago. But Isn't no, that I, how that works? I don't know. It's it was it was a little bit confusing. And, and the only things I know about incorporation come from watching Veronica Mars. Mm. <laughs> So, not much. I grew up and live in an unincorporated township that's considered a village. So, <laughs> I don't is know. Is it really? It is. Oh, it wow. Is. Yeah. You fucking hick. Yep. Okay. So, um, so all of her boys go to Chicago public schools. And then she's getting really frustrated because there's just a complete lack of education that her kids are receiving. So she starts off by like getting involved in like the PTA and like going to like city council meetings and trying to figure out like why are my kids getting a shit education where like the kids like two neighborhoods over are getting a fucking excellent education. Right. And then part of this is because of the redlining practices. So Austin until the 1940s is actually a predominantly white neighborhood. But redlining like fucked it up and like made the property values completely plummet um, because it bordered predominantly black neighborhoods. And like I said, like part of the FHA's guidelines were where these two different Mm -hmm. communities would Mm -hmm. butt up against each other. Right. I'm doing a lot of miming. (laughs) Those of you who are listening can appreciate. Um, So. During the 1940s, it's a predominantly white neighborhood. And then uh, during the the New Deal, like I said, a lot of great things came out of the New Deal, but also some shitty things that had horrible repercussions came out of the New Deal. Um, a highway is erected so that people have an easier job commuting and getting access to good paying jobs. Mm -hmm. And it also like the act of building the highway is good because it makes jobs too. But it fucking dissects the neighborhood in half. Mm -hmm. And then there becomes like. The right side of the tracks and the wrong side of the tracks. Exactly. Exactly. So the south side serpents are on one side. (laughs) And then all the kids that go to Riverdale are on the other side. Okay, Archie. Jesus. Hey, I'm a south side serpent, all right, bitch? Okay, Jughead. Cool leather jacket with the snake on it. (laughs) If I'm anybody, I'm Cheryl. I get a red one. Okay, Cheryl. (laughs) So for the next 20 years, what happens is what's called white flight. So all of the white residents start to flee the neighborhood. Um, All of the vacant properties drive down the property values. And then also to... Um, in addition to banks doing redlining, realtors had this really fucking great thing that they did at the time, too, which is called blockbusting. Um, not the movie rental place. <laughs> That's blockbuster. That's blockbuster. There's um, only one left. So blockbusting essentially would be real estate developers um, and investors or real estate agents would go around in white communities that bordered black communities and say, did you hear there are black families moving in? Doesn't that make you scared? And they would convince the white families. Wait, what? Yeah. They would <laughs> they would use fear tactics by by saying like black people were moving into the neighborhood. It's going to lower your property value. You better sell to me quickly. <gasps> and you better sell like like quickly like at a good price. Right. Before you can't sell at all. So white families would sell their properties like at cut rate um, you know, values. And then the real estate developers would develop it or the real estate agents would hold on to it and resell it to black families at a profit. I'm going to call this episode. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm laying down. 
Okay. The mic the mic won't pick you up if you're laying down, Melissa. Just move the mic over. The mic always hears me. (laughs) You are loud enough. So so at the same time the redlining is happening, blockbusting is also happening, and also this highway is erected in this one specific community in Chicago and Austin, right? So that mom is like, the fuck. Right. So she wants to fix this. So she lives she moves in like in the like in the kind of like she buys a house cheaper than she would have otherwise been able to. And she moves into this neighborhood because of these practices. She was like, okay, I can totally move in. No, right. I'm not afraid of the black families. But then things keep getting shittier and shittier and shittier because what happens is the pricing, the values of the homes keep dropping and dropping and dropping. So property taxes right. equal no pencils for the teachers. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So the schools, again, get no funding. The police don't parole or don't patrol. I can't think of words. There's no fucking. There's always there's always a point. Yeah, there's always a point. <laughs> um, and um, what's happening is in Sincata's community, like she sees all of this shit, like all of the the repercussions of these policies from decades ago. And she sees how they're affecting her kids. So although she's amazing and she's like she goes on to do really fucking amazing things. And I will put up a blog post about her later this week because she's like a really kick ass lady. Also, part of me like is like you did not care enough when it was black and brown children. But to be fair, (laughs) she wasn't experiencing it. Yeah. Like a lot of times when people are pushed to do something drastic or to really fight for something, it's because they have seen it now in like a new perspective. Yeah. Because maybe they didn't realize. And like you don't know what you don't know. That's true. So she might have not known how Mm -hmm. bad it was. And then she saw it happening with her own kids and was like, what the fuck? Right. And then was like, this isn't okay for any kid. Anybody. Right. Like, what is this? So I think there's. There's like a fair amount because like I said, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like we were just talking about the the white people being racist thing. Like you've totally changed my perspective on that. And that's because I didn't know what I didn't know. And someone hadn't explained it to me in a way that you explained it to me. Although probably not great that another white lady explained it to me. But anyways, <laughs> it, it like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it, I think what matters is when you realize there's a problem, you fucking fight for it. And once you start mm. fighting for it, it doesn't matter who it's affecting, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, your kids or someone else's kids. You're like, that's not you keep OK. fighting for it. Yes. You don't you don't pull yourself up and then pull up. The right. As soon as, you. you know, her kids were out of school and out of that neighborhood or whatever. She, I'm sure because you're going to post a whole thing about her. She wasn't just like, all right, well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like. My kids that's, are good. And that's what happened. No. Uh, not what happened <laughs> she at She was all. like, fuck it on my own. Yeah. Um, so, like, we talked about earlier how, like, this one policy of redlining has this huge trickle-down effect. That is so fucking loud, Melissa. It was so loud. Jesus. You have no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> you so, don't even have headphones on. I know. It was just fucking loud. I think It was delicious, drink. though. It was. Have that. You want me to drink yours? Yeah. Kate's being responsible. That's good. I it's, should not drink this, but you I'm should drink it. It's delicious. It. Okay, so as you're drinking that, one of the As you're drinking that. <laughs> one of the things that arrives arises because of this, like I said, is lack of funding in the schools. So um Sincata realizes or does some digging and she finds out that kids in her school system, where her her kids go to school, they're only the school's only spending on average two hundred and fifty dollars per kid. 
okay. per year. Uh, kids in other neighborhoods oh. in the Chicago school system, their schools are spending $650 oh my per kid per year, which is like a crazy, in the 70s, yeah, that's a that's crazy a fucking difference. It's huge, a crazy difference now. Yeah. But then it's, uh, it's horrible. So, so she advocates and like i said she starts out with like the pta and like at the like really grassroots community level in the 70s she ends up forming this organization because she realizes that she like joining the pta is really just addressing the symptoms and not the root cause right joining the pta it's like great we can have another bake sale to try to fund another bus but that's not gonna fix any yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna affect real lasting change right so the redlining from the 30s. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How much did you say they spent? Per, that's per student. 250 versus 650 per student. Oh, my God. OK, so I just fucking had this up and now it's gone. Did you have for, no with inflation for no, 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 no. For where we are. Mm-hmm. Fuck, where'd it go? I don't remember where it went. But basically for where we currently are right now, which I won't say. And we are in a a city in New Hampshire that spends less per student than any other school district (laughs) in the state. And we have a really fucked up education system and education funding system to the point where schools in this state are closing at extraordinary rates because they don't have funding. It's bad. I've met with the superintendent of the city. Well, he's not anymore because he quit because I think honestly he just couldn't handle it um and he was fucking just roasted even when i met him but anyways um we spend about thirteen thousand dollars per year per student jesus Um, christ and that's the least in the entire state Mm -hmm. uh and so i'm sure there's inflation there but even still that seems insane. Yeah. Because what big, was big it? Difference. Three something? 250. 250. 250. 250 a student. Inflation yeah. doesn't even account for that. Yeah. No, that's that's a big, big, big jump. Jesus. But those, And those classrooms were probably had 45 kids in them, you know. Like, and teachers in yep. our state are still buying their own supplies because yep. they're not getting the supplies that they need. But Anyways. Too, like, so they're also dealing with like, like more urban and inner city issues like higher population density um less teachers who are willing to move to those areas right and the redlining that occurs from the 30s to the 70s like does a huge like hugely affects the demographic makeup of this community and i'm focusing on this community because it's like kind of a good microcosm of what's going on in the greater united states sure um so by the 70s the neighborhoods that were redlined ended up being a mix of industrial commercial and residential so you would literally have like chemical plants that was wrong that was for the whole state anyways continue okay that's fine (laughs) um they you know they would they would literally have like chemical plants or or factories or you know like warehouse facilities so things that are like like high volume, high turnover, like low wage jobs in the area and things that also would put out horrible things in the environment too, like cancer causing agents and, you know, like so in addition to um, not providing good um, income streams for the people in the community, they're also actively polluting and negatively impacting the environment in the community Looking at too. you, Flint. Yep. Oof. Yep, yep, yep. Yikes. <sighs> so obviously the uh there are unsafe living conditions now there's less housing growth less property value and then that also means that in addition to businesses not being able to get financing because these these areas are redlined businesses just don't want to fucking go there right like there's no 
reason for a grocery store to want to open up in a community like this because there's no guarantee that the people are going to have enough money to shop there regularly. But, there's like, no- but people have to buy food. Fucking motorcycles know, outside. We get a lot Jesus of mo- motorcycles, yeah. But like, you're gonna do, people need to buy food. Yes. And Any think- market basket, just discount the shit out of it. <laughs> You know, so you sell moldy bread sometimes. At least it's cheap. (laughs) But how, like, how are they going to open up a place? Yes, everybody needs food, right? But, like, they're, like, looking at the the demographics of, like, not only who their shoppers are going to be, but who their workforce potentially could be, what their return on investment potentially could be. If they could choose to build that same grocery store, like, 10 miles east... No, I get it. Community that will be more profitable. Fucking capitalism. I get it. I get it. I get it. Even though you could probably pay the people in those community less, not that that would be right, but you could to make up for the fact that you're not selling things at the same price. Like we have a market basket down the road from us, and the prices at that market basket are completely different than the prices up at the market basket by where my mom lives Mm -hmm. because where my mom lives is near college town so their prices are way cheaper because they know that their clientele is fucking college kids yeah and they'll say sell way more stuff for less price and also they employ a ton of college kids that they don't have to pay as much money yes but i mean that's thinking of it from a different yeah angle there and there's like there's also too like a whole bunch of other like I said like because all these factors are going up in these neighborhoods too like there's like things like um you know uh child mortality rates are increasing um you know cancer rates are increasing mm-hmm. so then you also are dealing with a workforce that's going to call out sick more often like if you're dealing in a capitalist society like we are there's literally no fucking incentive for a grocery store to move into a community like this they can't get funding they can't get a quote-unquote reliable workforce because of environmental factors and then they can't guarantee that they're going to make the same money that they would in a more affluent neighborhood (sighs) so those this is heavy (laughs) this is supposed to be a comedy podcast Uh, (laughs) uh, okay yeah so and that and it does just kind of tie it all together right because that's gonna in turn cause that area to make it so that if you need to if you need to go 25 miles out of your way to go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. then you're only going once every two weeks or once a a month and you're stocking up on non-perishables which means that you're stocking up on not the freshest most health. yeah or like fucking you know like um fucking ring dings or whatever right right, that shit keeps forever yeah yeah, yeah. and then like things like convenience stores and gas stations like those start popping up a lot in these areas because they know that like (laughs) they can they can make money right selling like the sodas and the potato chips and and more expensively because right so that's that's one of those sort of tropes that you hear a lot you know it's like it's expensive to be poor mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah everything well, is and more cyclical ex- yeah. yeah so it's sort of like okay sorry go go <laughs> no 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 keep, no no keep going keep, i, that, I, I mean, was that's, just yeah, yeah that's that's really you know kind of what it boils down to is it's just it's a it's a prefabricated built-in 
problem. Right. That the problem is regulation. Yeah. The problem isn't that like we live in a society that has racist. The problem is that the society we have built is racist. Like. Whoa. <laughs> that was fucking deep. <laughs> and and in when you don't when you don't actually again it's that education part it's mm-hmm. the you know broadening your mind and being sort of um willing to delve a little bit or to see what the you know the real problem here is yep. um or where it might have come from because you can't it's all about the band-aid it's the pta right yeah. band-aid it's the bake sale is not going to do it right. right well like and even if everyone stops being racist today the system we've built is still inherently racist right. so then there's still a lot of work yeah that has to be done to fix it there's like i read this really disheartening and horrible i just peace when you're researching these episodes i just envision <laughs> you at your surface just crying. i'm just sorry crying. your your laptop my computer your computer <laughs> um just fucking crying yeah, yeah. and just like yeah or just like or just like holding a baby on your lap just like hugging them just yeah like, i do ask my kids for hugs a lot when everything <laughs> everything you're reading is just so hug. yeah so dour i and promise like, i'm awful. trying to make things better right. for you so what's this terrible sad article you read so it was it was about kind of like this untold history of white terrorism in this country and there is like this one one story and and i'll link to it on the blog so you guys can read it for shits and giggles (laughs) it's so fun a little bit of light reading but it was about um essentially there's a there's an uh it was a southwestern ish city um and there is this uh young man who worked downtown and he happened to go into a building to use the bathroom because it was the only like public restroom that was open on the weekends he was a man of color he was allowed to use the restroom he had like official written permission and he went in the elevator the elevator operator was a white woman someone heard the white woman scream and then it turned into like this big snowballing story of that like he had assaulted her when in actuality like historians actually think that they were dating and that they maybe got like a little like fresh in the elevator uh-huh. um but because he was black like the white townspeople fucking hunted him down yeah that sounds about right yep and murdered him yeah and then bombed the fucking black neighborhoods they got in their fucking crop duster airplanes and dropped fucking bombs what <laughs> right yo you can't kill a white woman he didn't, he didn't even kill he, her, but can't touch. You can't make a white woman scream either for good or for bad. <laughs> yeah. So, because that, let's be honest, that's really what it all boils that's down true. to. That's true. It's it? a woman's pleasure in mm-hmm. her getting it from someone that wasn't white. Yeah. So, the reason why I bring this up is because the FHA guidelines, as we remember, says that like neighborhoods where there are like racially. Like racial conflict should be redlined, right? Mm-hmm. So that black neighborhood that was fucking bombed by fucking white people. By white people. I'm gonna guess the white people that bombed it, their neighborhood didn't get redlined. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's just like when I say it's like really hand in hand of overt horrible racist acts and then just white people not fucking thinking about or realizing about like what their actions would impact how mm-hmm. their actions would impact black neighborhoods mm-hmm. those two things really go hand in hand right 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 and like 
I think hopefully it feels like things are less overt now and it's it's a lot of like white people being dumb um there's still tons of overt shit out there obviously yeah i think well, that some of the overt stuff I, is the loudest stuff too and sometimes mm-hmm. well, it's hard to not get disheartened by that and i feel like a lot of those people still they're just so dumb yeah that they don't even know that their overt racism is racist well, there's like, the yeah, they don't get it. white people that are out there talking about white racism or talking about policies that discriminate against them. I they genuinely believe that they're not racist, right? And they're fucking racist. Yeah, I got right. news for you, buddy. So when you pe- racist, when people complain about things like affirmative action, I should say when white people complain about things like <laughs> affirmative action, <laughs> like you aren't realizing that that's like one yeah tiny yeah tiny way yeah. That we can start to like yep. combat, yeah. The if fucking all y- centuries of bullshit we've put people of color through, yeah. If all y'all other motherfuckers weren't racist, we wouldn't need affirmative action. Mm-hmm. But y'all motherfuckers be racist, well, so we need affirmative action. Yeah, exactly. Just like yep. no, it's can't, not difficult. We can't trust the one percent to do the right thing. Yeah, it's no. not difficult to understand no. if they see a fucking name on an application and it's like. Oh, God, I'm going to sound racist just just for saying. It's a name that probably seems racially not white. (laughs) Not Michaela or Wyatt. Or like Hunter. Hunter. In the name I'm thinking of probably isn't a real name, but it's funny. That's a store for white people. That's not a name. (laughs) Like Archer. Yes, Archer. Archer Hunter. Harper. Uh, And they're just going to bypass it because it sounds like a freaking name of someone with color. That's why you fucking need affirmative action because that person's a shit person. Yep. Yep. Garbage, trash, deep shit ass. (laughs) Motherfucker. How do you really feel about that? Guys, I'm really true. Can can our outro music just be you swearing? You motherfucking piece of shit. So, guess if you took maps of redlining from the 1930s and overlaid them over modern maps, guess what the redlined communities would also highlight? I know. I don't know. Amy, tell us. Dr. Food deserts. Amy. Food deserts. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. Wait, wait. Is this a food history podcast? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, this is about how history has fucked food, essentially. <laughs> Fucked, a, fucked over food. I was gonna say yeah, that's, gonna say that's a different food. podcast. That's a, that's a bread like, fucker right yeah, there. Yeah, fucked food sounds more fun. Um, <laughs> so what's being done today? Because I wanted to end this on a slightly hopeful note. <laughs> slightly hopeful. Um, so in 2018, um, the IRS actually worked <laughs> with some local governments to identify opportunity zones. Opportunity zones are the red line neighborhoods of yesteryear. But instead of withholding funding from these communities, um, local governments are choosing to actually invest like full force into them. Um, so sometimes this has like really good outcomes, like like the development of community gardens and farmers markets and and like art initiatives. And sometimes it has horrible art outcomes um, like gentrification. Um, but that's another episode. Or yeah, another actually, podcast. that is a, that is a whole. Uh, There's a lot of that going on in New Hampshire right now. Yep. Let me tell you. <sighs> so um, a good example of opportunity zones are actually in um, like Baltimore and um, 
there's one other two. I have a whole. I'm gonna put up a blog post about it. I'm a little too tipsy to remember. I'm a, I'm a bubble bob post. Um. So let me see. That's the happiest face Melissa's had. For there's a kitten. There's a kitten. Her kitten. Can you hear Melissa kissing her kitten? Her handsome baby boy. Her kitten is like, get the fuck away from yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's too hot. Do you have any idea how much fur I've got? I know. We're almost done, kitten. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go, go. Can go, you go, always go. call me kitten? I feel like that was, I feel like that was towards me. Really? Kitten, yes. come on. Yes, kitten. Okay. Um, also, when the Obamas were in office. Oh, the they did a lot. They did a lot of shitty shit, but yeah, less awesome. shitty than this guy. Yeah. Um. So th- you guys may remember the first lady's Let's Move campaign. That mm-hmm. was like her initiative as a uh, first lady, not like a completely fucking plagiarized, like anti-bullying, bullying. Even though I'm a big fucking bully campaign. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I know of not what you speak. <laughs> Anywho. Michelle Obama had a Let's Move initiative. Um, and then they also, within that, they worked to directly combat food deserts. Yeah. Um, so they actually got additional funding and attention. Um, and the USD was allowed to study the issue at large, which is the first time in the fucking history of this country that the USD, USD got funding specifically. Go Michelle! Yeah, to study oh. food deserts. And they created something called the Food Desert Locator. I'll link to it on the blog. Um, so you can see where the food deserts are throughout the country. Um, and then they also invested in a healthy food financing initiative, which, again, does the exact opposite of what redlining did, which is to um, provide funding to open grocery stores within food deserts. And then there's also obviously like a ton of really local organizations like food pantries, community gardens, farmers markets, and they're all working to make a dent in the problem as well. Um, I think this is one of those things where local change and local initiatives can have a really big impact on a lot of families. So if you ever want to find out how you can work to uh, stop food deserts from growing or to make food deserts disappear, I recommend working with your local government and local nonprofit organizations to make an impact in your own community. Yay! Yay! Good job. And that, like, ju- and and to just t- kind of jump onto that exact same bandwagon. Um, it's super important thing. Like, change does start like in your backyard. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at my ice clinking because it's uh, really loud. <laughs> she also gulped pretty loudly it was a too. Bit of a gulp. Yeah. But, but like, Kate's like someone saying, else is talking. Yeah. Rum. Kate's saying an important thing. I know. I'm Shush. sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's it, sometimes it can be very um sort of overwhelming or disappointing or feel like you can't actually do anything because such garbage happens. Um, in Washington that fe- makes you just feel like a small and insignificant person. But the reality is that the actual things that will affect you, the people that you love, the people that you live next door to that you don't even know, but you should know because they're your neighbors. Yeah. Um, well, 
Goddamn millennial. <laughs> I held this lady over here one time because she, she couldn't get the door unlocked to feed her friend's cat. And he was yelling on the other side of the door and I helped her figure out the locks. You helped the That's cat, nice. not the lady. Yeah, no. And that lady <laughs> wasn't even my neighbor. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but the people that, you know, um, run the the school board and the the library trustees and the people that are your town clerks and the people Mm -hmm. you know that's it's super important to sort of know and be involved in that in that area and it's like it's really amazing to work towards change and then see that change affected like don't think that you have to be like that lady i can't remember her italian last name in chicago um i don't know cicado you don't have to be like you don't have to found a fucking national organization that but goes on for will. decades maybe, maybe you, you will, will you know but like she started by just joining her pta to find out more about the issue that that was important to her so like the i, I guess that's the hopeful message i want people to take a people the person the person you listening. our one fan you who we're you. talking to i don't know who you are but <laughs> nudge nudge wink yeah but you you can make a difference and the cool thing about working at the local level too about stuff like that like no one's gonna be like i want kids to go hungry like in your own community like no one in your fucking town is gonna say like i'm gonna actively work against you even if they do feel that way they're not gonna outwardly do it because it would be right it would mean death for their career or whatever right so like it's really easy to get people on board to do something a lot of times in your local communities you just need to stand up and say hey i think we should do something something really beautiful happened in my in my little t- town. She's getting a little past, up. You get the past. I'm getting clipped. Um, is that there's. So now is like monarch butterfly season. Yeah. And they feed on milkweed. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of milkweed along um, a road. A, a central road that goes through our town. And that's where all the the um, caterpillars have built their cocoons. So there's just like this little habitat like along the road. And the town um, was going to cut down on the milkweed for visibility reason. And, like, the town banded together and, like, wrote a letter. And, they like, they showed up to um, a town committee meeting. That's awesome. And then they got the them to just wait a few weeks yeah. until the butterflies yeah. hatch. So, like, the Aww. first week of October. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. Like, that it's was the butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, kitten. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. Yeah. Yeah. Go out. Do stuff. (laughs) Make a difference. Yeah. Damn it. Make a difference. Yeah. Do do things. Things and stuff. Okay. And things. Are we done? We're done, Melissa. I'm so tired. I can tell. It's real hot. It's very hot. This is a long episode. It's long. It's. Uh, hour, it's important though hour and 45 minutes we had a good talk didn't we guys we did, we did have a talk. good talk i learned things one guy that's listening one person you know she her they them he him yeah neither either i both. use guy as like a neutered pronoun so sorry to the actual dudes out yeah, there yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah guy I, yeah yeah i feel like that's fair all right <laughs> um we get to do our whole end thing follow us on all the things i don't know instagram twitter drunk dish or drunk dish pod fucking figure it out i don't know <laughs> but you can't follow me on twitter 
Oh, you can you now. No, you no, can. You, won't. you can. Kate's no. on Twitter. Kate's on Twitter. It's at Dish Kate because her husband doesn't know how to fucking set up a Twitter. <laughs> uh, uh, but the Love like you. display name is Drunk Dish Kate, and she might be locked out of it tomorrow. Again. So who Yay. knows? It might get deleted. I don't know why. If she... you follow the official Drunk Dish Pod Twitter account, <laughs> Kate was tagged in a recent post. That's true. We can tag her now. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Uh, also, go to our blog where all that shit Ooh, yes. that Amy talked about is posted in our. Um, recap post with this pictures. is for this the sober amy that likes to talk serious things yeah she posts all that shit um the recipe for the drink will go up although it's on the pusser's website because i didn't alter it at all so you can also find it there. everyone every one um, of you of the one of you should drink that <laughs> It's oh, very good. It's very good. It's it very is very good. I already feel heartburn. Highly recommend. Oh no, it. I got magic. We'll give you magic pills. Mm. Um, and go to yeah. So the blog is drunkdish.com. Nice and yep. easy to remember. We're on Facebook. You can follow us there. Although we don't really use it except to just repost what we post on Instagram. That's okay. If you're a boomer, Facebook yes. us. Also, fuck off. No, but for real. <laughs> You're probably one of the good ones if you're listening to us. Like my mom, my you're probably a, our parents. My mom's a boomer, yeah, <laughs> and she's great. Um, she probably doesn't consider herself a boomer, but she is. Mm. Um, and I think that's it. Is that it? Did I say all the things? You said all the things. Sounds like babe. a lot of things. All right, I think that's it. So bye. 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 Thank you.